0: Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to a- another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We are doing another of our reboot, reboot theater episodes. This one will be done by me. We have the whole crew here, Justin, Devin, and Heather. But I did put this up to the to you Cinefans on, on, on the Facebook and the social medias and everything to help me come up with a movie that would be challenging uh, for me to fix. And uh, I was given the suggestion by... Uh, A man named Matt Scott on Facebook to do Manos, the Hands of Fate. Now, for you people that might not know what this is, Manos is more or less considered one of the worst movies of all time. It's the golden standard. It's it's the bar in which all bad movies are essentially judged. And it's been around for a while. It came out in 1966. And I'm just going to do a quick synopsis of the movie. And I think... The best way to do this isn't by describing the movie because I don't think this actually uh, this plot comes across in the movie. Um, So I am going to default to the IMDb uh, plot synopsis because, yes, I don't think the movie quite captures uh, what what the synopsis says. And it's a family gets lost on the road and stumbles upon a hidden underground devil worshiping cult led by the fearsome master and his servant. Torgo. And that's it. That's the entire thing. It's a it's an older movie like I said came out in 1966. It is 70 minutes long. And 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 to put it uh lightly, it it feels like it's about 9 hours long for it being such a short movie. Um but it's it's got a host of problems as anyone that will have ever seen this movie can attest to. So, um like I said, that was the synopsis of the movie. And so when you watch this movie, and you hear the first lines of dialogue, just the very first lines, it gives away that you are in for a, I don't want to say a treat. Um, you're in for something because pretty much everything about this movie is a instruction manual of what not to do with this movie or with a movie. Like when you make a movie, just do everything the exact opposite of this movie. And you'll actually probably have something at least watchable. Um, one of the uh, very distinct things with it and it's it's noticeable like i said from the very opening lines of this movie is they adr this movie in post it's very obvious and it's not like it's a line here or there every single line of dialogue in this movie was re-recorded in post every single line yep but it doesn't feel it it, it doesn't feel like they did it when the movie came out um, or when they filmed a movie. It really feels like when you're watching it, what they did is they filmed the movie and they're like, man, we got this filmed. Awesome. We need to edit it. Then they waited nine months and started to edit the movie. And then they went, oh shit, you can't understand any of the dialogue with this because we probably didn't have a microphone set up. So we need the cast back in so we can re-record this. And then they went, well, do you still have the script? So they could read the dialogue. And they were like, no, no, we don't have the script. We We, we threw that away. So... They just had the actors guess what their lines were and recorded those. <laughs> and when they recorded those lines, they also did it to, 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 to put it in the, the best light possible. It felt like they filmed it or recorded it on essentially the talk boy from home alone Two, um, not with actually any recording equipment. <laughs> they, they went into the future, got a talk boy, went back in time and Recorded everybody's dialogue on a single cassette tape. Um, it really is so insanely bad that at one point there's a little girl in this movie, and it's just painfully obvious that they didn't have that little girl to do her dialogue scenes. Yes, and oh my gosh, instead of having any little girl uh record that dialogue, <laughs> it, it sounds favorite. like the, <laughs> it sounded <laughs> like they got a 50 year old man that had yes. Smoking, yes. yes that smokes more cigarettes than me and drinks more whiskey than me to just mimic <laughs> a little girl's voice
1: and muffled it by the way like like well, he was like talking into a his sock head or
0: like the wassock yeah.
2: like, <laughs> like he was speaking through a <laughs> sock in his mouth
0: it it's jarring how crazy like somebody did that i mean it's it's one of those things where you're watching this happen on film and you're hearing it happen to your ears. And you're really wondering, wait, somebody listened to this and went, yeah, yeah, that, that works on any level. And that's pretty much this entire movie. Every single decision when it comes to making the film seems like they picked the wrong one every time. Um, like I mentioned in the uh, synopsis, there is the uh, quintessential character with Torgos.
1: Yeah, Torgos.
0: Torgo. Torgo. Torgo, Torgo, sorry, I <laughs> I added the S, I added the S. Um, who, I guess, the character was meant to be drunk, or something? Um, See, that was the thing looked- I
1: couldn't tell, because I was like, is he crippled, or is he drunk? Because you played, like, well, the way he played he, it, you couldn't tell.
2: He walked around with pillows in his pants, first of all. Let's get, so, he had pillows, <laughs> and he's wearing a... He's wearing a bell-bottom uh, work uniform, like a one-piece. And underneath, there are obviously pillows w-
0: on his thighs. Um, hey, don't, and- don't say obviously. because No, those are pillows. The one thing this movie will teach you is that you can't trust anything you are watching. <laughs> well, I can't like
2: anything that I'm watching, but I trust that those were pillows under his legs. And I- I'm trying to explain how... Um, he moved to the Cinefans fans who haven't seen it. So they did this weird thing, especially with him, is maybe when he was delivering his lines or doing his actions, he was doing them incredibly slow because they sped up his movement like by like, like not twice as fast, but just underneath that. And he moved like a mix between a a tweaker who's going through an episode and a claymation figure from a tool video
0: well it's so when cross I wa- between that when i watched it what i thought was you know how in the late 90s early 2000s anytime they had a ghost movie the ghosts moved in those really like jerky twitchy motions they did that like or think of that but then think of the person also being drunk and on speed and going through an epileptic seizure and also having a stroke at the same time.
1: <laughs> you know, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I think I that's pretty that accurate.
3: Too. I don't know. I think, think, of a, think of this of was just an actor's terrible interpretation of trying to be eccentric and quirky and weird. I think the director went, <clears throat> sorry, the director went, hey, just act as weird as you possibly can. And I think that's what he came up with. So he was jerking everywhere. He was. Uh, moving and shaking and walking with his legs halfway bent and jerking and looking. But towards the end of the movie, when it when it, um he's had to speak lines and talk about how he wanted things and how he was jealous and there were actually things he wanted and was wondering why he couldn't have them. I mean, it just seems like that was just that actor's interpretation of what is weird and quirky. Let me just think of every possible thing I can think of and just mix it all up and just do all of it.
0: Well then, on, and on top of that, the character looked like every version of a homeless man from a 1960s movie or TV show. Like it looked like he walked off the set of the Andy Griffith show of being the drunk in the jail that they like let sleep there overnight and then walked over to this set and then just, you know, did the <laughs> same thing.
1: Did the same thing, yeah.
0: It's It's insane uh, with that character and just everything about this movie. Like it really is just insanely weird. And I'm not being ambiguous when I'm saying that I'm being very direct because it's 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 hard to explain uh, what is going on in this movie because it really is an assault on all your senses because (laughs) you're watching it. And you'll start getting this like metallic taste in your mouth. Like you almost feel like you're having like an aneurysm that's leaking into your mouth and it's like filling with blood. And you'll start smelling things that aren't around you. Like you'll smell burnt toast. So you start thinking you're having a stroke. It's incredibly weird. The visuals are just mind boggling, like mind bogglingly weird. Like they obviously didn't have like a a good camera stand at any point and the 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 cuts the transitions they make are jarring it's not like quick cuts from an action scene it's these just direct cuts to a shot that makes no sense there's one scene where Tor, uh, torgo is reaching to touch a lady's hair and for him just to simply for him to just simply reach forward and to like touch this lady's hair it takes about 9 minutes it feels like right cuz his hand like goes <laughs> yeah. up towards it and then goes away then trembles forward and goes away and trembles forward and goes away and it goes on and on and on and then he finally does it and then like takes his hand down and then it just sharp cuts back to like where you can see both him and the woman and then she's like no why'd you do that and you're like whoa like none of that is how anybody <laughs> would ever react to that situation right it's oh, you got to talk about that slap like
2: she, well, she,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, she <smaps> <laughs> listen,
2: listen. Uh, Um if you've ever seen a good wrestling match and you've seen a bad wrestling match, um think of, oh, no, actually, you, you remember when you used to fight as kids, like you would play fight with your friends and like you would swing and then they would react to it. That is literally how she slaps and they would pose. She every if she slapped him and she posed after she slapped him, but not like in anime, but like as if her arm got stuck and she couldn't return it back to well, a natural position.
0: Well, I, I would disagree with that. I would think when I saw it, I thought of like two marionette puppets and then like the marionette slapped the other one and then the string broke. So it was just kind of stuck. <laughs> It's pretty much everybody in this is like the definition of wooden acting, too. It's there's not a single just plausible acting job in this entire movie. Um, everybody is just there. And it's like when you watch a TV show and it's like kids and they're doing a school play and there's always the person that has like stage fright. And so they get very stiff and they just kind of say their lines and it's just there's no emoting or anything like that. That's essentially what every single character in this movie does for every line of dialogue, for every scene they're in. It's essentially statues that came to life, but uh, didn't get full range of motion in anything. Um, I feel like we're doing a bad job of describing how bad this movie is. I I cannot stress to you enough. You have to watch this movie to truly appreciate what the fuck we're saying.
2: It's it's one. Um, there's think a- of the most. I just really think of the most painfully awkward thing that you have ever experienced in your life. Just and imagine that moment stretched for nine years, and then imagine having <laughs> to rewatch that moment directly after it happens. Um, imagine if you went to like thunder down under and you're expecting to see like, I guess like hot bodied men or whatever is there and that. And then instead Stephen Merchant, Michael Sarah and, uh, and, um, and, uh, uh, Powers uh booth. Rain Wilson. No, Rain Wilson comes out and then, <laughs> and they refuse to end the show immediately and they go through and they do all the same moves but they do them in their own way. I mean, this is next-level awkwardness. This is you're eating dinner at a restaurant and a little kid is looking at you and they won't stop looking at you. And then you finally make eye contact with that kid because you've been trying to avoid it and you realize it's a 40-year-old man dressed as a seven-year-old boy who just keeps staring at you. There is... <laughs> there is, there is no way to describe accurately the amount of awkwardness and just cringe worthy everything in this film. Everything is awful in this film. The score is awful. The acting is awful. The, the script is awful. The dialogue is awful. The cinematography is the most malignant, the most malignant thing that has ever happened to art.
3: It, well, it really is just like, One of those movies where you're sitting there watching it, and it's just hard to believe that this wasn't done on purpose. Like, I mean, as I'm watching scenes, I'm just going, the plan had to be for this to be bad because no way that this is what these people intended. Like, and it's one of those movies where you have questions, but it's not like us or something that you watch. Like yeah, like like we watched recently, like us, where you reflect on it at the end and you have questions. No, these this is that kind of movie where you're just infuriatingly shouting questions as you watch it. Like what is well, going yes. on? Why yes. are you lo- what are you looking at? Why is he just blinking? And why am I still watching him blink for 50 seconds? Like it's that kind of stuff is what you wind <laughs> up doing with this movie.
0: Well, I, another one that you missed is why is there a couple that's constantly making out in their car that ultimately serves no purpose? Yes, right. they
2: just keep making out in the worst two cops there's ever. This
0: couple, <laughs> there's this couple that keeps making out in their car on this road, and the cops constantly keep pulling over to tell them to stop. And it serves zero purpose when it's all said and done and those
3: two actors kissing that might have been the most convincing thing i saw on the whole movie
1: yeah the no, making out no. was the <laughs> only realistic thing you were
3: absolutely
2: wrong time. not the no, first time. you were time. absolutely the second wrong round of kissing is a lot better yeah
0: they yes, improved because they improved there's the one time, time there's one time when they're making out and it well it's supposed to be them making out and all they're doing is just holding one kiss for like 25 30 seconds with no <laughs> movement whatsoever their lips and faces are just pushed together and they yeah, don't like move. Of those kissing can't do anything <laughs> you know when no, they like it, it looks kiss like the a,
2: longest and they just well, it and looked like they were trying holding to do, their faces together like a, so they could win no it looked 000. like they were trying to
0: do a weird performance art like they were trying to be a living statue of people kissing like <laughs> their goal was to not move whatsoever and that chick that- kept fucking staring at the camera Anytime she did anything yes. to deliver a line of dialogue, her eye her her pupils like go directly to you. <laughs> like they're not yep. slightly to the side or anything like that. She's staring you in the eye when she's giving you dialogue. And it's and that's from the get-go. That's like one of the beginning scenes of this movie, is that. And then it just randomly happens again later. And I cannot tell you why. I kind of feel like that guy was the director and he just wanted an excuse to like cheat on his wife and so he was like no I'm just in an acting role got to kiss this chick <laughs> so they just had to film it and put it in the movie so they could you know he could justify his philandering you know it, it it's it's just it's crazy the amount of stuff like that that happens in this film um but we're going to get into the plot in a little bit i'm going to really break down the plot a lot with my two versions of fixing this movie there are two versions one of them i'm going to do is gonna fix the version we had from 1966. My second idea is if you were like rebooting it today, or if you were just making a film like that today, I don't want to say like rebooting it per se, because if you're gonna reboot Manos at this point, you're kind of gonna probably lean into how campy it is. I'm, I'm gonna try to go with what I feel like was the original tone with making it a legit horror film with my version of like a modern take on it, but so for the 1966 version of fixing this film, it's actually incredibly simple. I think one thing, just one thing, could fix this entire movie, and that would be just hiring an actual film crew. Yep, it just solves everything. <laughs> just
1: that—that that yeah, alone. <laughs> just
2: actually, having some some key grips and some best boys and some microphones on set, and a, a sadly, a, a that's place, true. A, a person to just scout some locations. I mean, even just like. I, like, I don't know, a green room for the actors, people just to get snacks to people. Because, I mean, I'm sure this movie was miserable. <laughs> like, there are those bad movies that you're sure that even though they're just, they're just shitty, people just had a good time making them. No one had a good time making this film. Yeah. No one. <laughs> no one had Although, a good and time. I saw no one was having fun. Go ahead, Heather.
1: Well, apparently this movie took $19,000 to make. <laughs> I read somewhere. I was like, 19, how? First of all, 19, yeah. in 19 no in
0: 1966,
1: 1966?
0: that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> Dude, a that's camera like, back that's, then that's probably like, cost you 15. That's like
2: seventy thousand dollars adjusted for inflation. I refuse to believe that this movie was seven seventy thousand dollars. No way. <laughs> and the camera they used, the camera they use was a fucking viewfinder. <laughs> attached to, uh, to a goddamn code. I don't know what camera they used, but it had to be one of the very first color cameras.
0: That no, it's. I feel. I feel like it was a professional camera. It's just no. nobody knew how to use it. That's the oh. problem. Is no one knew how to use it? They just had a camera and they just did some shit with it. It really has the feeling of like if you've ever watched the the TV show The Goldbergs. The, the main character, Adam, like grows up in the 80s and he's like, his parents got him a camera and he's like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. So he's constantly filming things like he's filming his toys fight each other. He's recreating scenes with cardboard boxes of his favorite movies and stuff like that. It's kind of got the feeling of that where some guy was just like, I've got a camera. Let's make a movie. And they just did it like it was like a home movie. It feels like it's a home movie that they tried to give a plot to with how just everything is done. Like, and it doesn't feel like there was a second take on anything like, and I don't actually think there was any editing. What I think they did is they took this film and that's why there's such sharp jarring cuts is because they would film and then they would hit stop and then they'd set up the next shot, hit record, and they'd film it and then hit stop, set up the next shot and then film. That's how they edited the film also is they just recorded it completely linear one take each. And that's how it feels. That's how it's looked. That's everything it's it's fucking like i'm gonna say this again it's fucking jarring what it does um even down to the plot there's there's essentially this family ends up on this thing because they're looking for the valley lodge and they go down this road because there's a sign that says valley lodge but then the valley lodge doesn't exist there which makes no sense because apparently those cops are driving up and down the road would they not have seen that that sign said valley lodge and know that it wasn't there because they make a point to constantly say nothing is down that road over and over again to other people that are saying the same thing that couple that is making out in the car constantly says there's nothing down that road and then the cops go yeah there's nothing down that road Mm -hmm. and then the couple goes yeah because there's nothing down that road and you're like holy fuck is this the entire conversation you guys are gonna fucking have
1: right i feel like they really just like in within like 30 seconds they say the same conversation just in a different way like back to back in a lot of instances like the one where they're in the house. And they're looking at the painting for the first time of uh, the master or whatever. And for like 15 years, they're sitting there looking at this picture. And she finally says, sinister. (laughs) And then like it just goes to this weird conversation (laughs) and then goes back to it like maybe two minutes later. And it does the exact same thing. And she's like, so sinister. (laughs) And that's it. And I'm like, what's the point of doing that?
0: There's another scene right around that when they're in that living room between the husband and wife where the wife says the wife and the husband literally say the same things back to back. And I don't remember what it was. And it's <laughs> driving me nuts now because I it yes. stood out so bad when I watched it. But it's it's, it's something innocuous, though, but it, it and it's random. But it's like he says something like, I like tuna fish. And she goes, I do, too. And then he goes, I like tuna fish. And she goes, I do, too. And you're like, why did you just do that? <laughs> Why did you both just say your lines twice in a row?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was, I I remember it, but I'm trying to think if it was one of the many times that he was like, it's going to be fine. There's nothing to worry about. I'm so scared.
0: No, no, it was (laughs) was one of those. When he goes, I think he says something, it's like when the dog escapes or something. Yeah. And they go, and he says something like, it's going to be fine. And she goes, okay, dear. And he goes, it's going to be fine. Okay, dear. And there's no gap between it. They literally just say the same, like lines of dialogue back to back with no space. And you're like, wait, did you literally just film them doing that? Oh, fuck. I'm going to be mad if I don't mention this too. There's also a scene at the beginning when they're singing row, row, row your boat. And it's very obvious that the woman is singing a song with the way her lips are moving. You're hearing this because like I said, they ADR'd every single line of dialogue in this movie. So you could tell the woman is singing a song, but then you hear the guy start to sing the song. And that guy's face is not fucking moving at all. (laughs) And it's, it really is insane. I don't think the dialogue that they use in the film is remotely close to anything that they actually say on the screen. It's, it's like, if you watch a bad, like dub job from like an old, like Hong Kong, like martial arts movie, except everybody's speaking English the whole time. There's no foreign languages for their lips to not match what they're saying. But yet it never does. It never lines up ever. They yeah. can't even get the word the. They can't even get the word the to match the, the they're saying.
3: Well, I was
2: actually no, that watching is, that. That
0: like,
3: is totally true, titles. man. That is cause I was confused when it first started because I was sitting there going, Is this dubbed? Like I was looking at stuff. I checked my settings to make sure I didn't have something on. Like it confused the hell out of me. When I started watching it, because it just sounds so the It sounds like muffled recordings and, and like so it just sounds like somebody was trying to match it up as best they could and they couldn't. And like you said, like I and I'm suspect about it, because like you said, there are repeat lines and repeat dialogue. And especially when the wives are arguing, that is the same argument just replayed over. And over and over and over again, I heard the same dialogue just several times in a row, and it makes me question, okay, what did they like? Was this an, some sort of attempt to maybe they thought it sounded better? I'm really questioning like why it sounded so
0: terrible and like disperse anything like it really it it was filmed in English like this film it was filmed in texas but it wasn't one of those where they filmed it in spanish and then like dubbed it in english this film's language has always been english from the beginning um and also i'm on imdb and i just have to say this before we move on because this is insane so when you look at the imdb and you get to the section where it's plot keywords the plot keywords the first ones it shows there's 31 of them apparently but i'm not going to expand the list i'm just going to tell you the five lists off the beginning. The first one is cat fight. The <laughs> second one is the second one is driving. The third one is dog. Fourth is gun. Now, I want each one of you guys to guess what the fifth one is. Justin, what do you think? A suitcase. Actually, you're close. You are very close. We're going to yeah, end bye. the game then. <laughs> yes, just because it's it's luggage is the fifth one.
3: Wow. luggage Really? Wow.
0: So if you go to if you go to <laughs> IMDb, I guess, and you type luggage, you've got like a one in you know, five chance of this movie popping up. Uh, it's yeah, it's insane. Um, uh, also, apparently the tagline for this movie, because it's right under this and I have to say this. The tagline for this movie was no one seated the uh, no one seated the last 10 minutes, like trying to say that it's so scary that you can't oh even gosh. watch more than one hour of this film and i'm actually gonna posit that no one gave a fuck and just left an hour into this film (laughs) thinking they could not wait even the last 10 minutes and they just fucking walked out didn't even bother like stopping at the usher to like try to get money back nope just walked the fuck out and the producers went oh it's so scary um but yes so that's i mean do you guys have any you know, ideas about how you would fix the original 1966 version of this film other than just hiring a film crew. Because, like I said, even with the acting being as bad as it is, I think if you actually had a regular film crew there filming this movie with just people that kind of knew what they were doing, I think that the acting would have been fine because how many old movies do you just see bad acting in? Or that's you know, that type of acting. It happens a lot, especially in older movies. I think that if it had at least just had the, the basics of a, f- of filming a movie down. I don't think the acting would have been as bad because somebody would have gone, Hey, uh boss, you see that walkie just did. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Let's do a different one.
2: <laughs> um, other
0: oh, than that, do, I, you yeah. guys, do you guys have any like suggestions, yes. so, like I said, to fix the original version? Cause yes. I'm really gonna break it down in my
2: next one. So what, yeah, what do you have Devin? Um. So first things first is whoever does your score, do not choose um Sleepy Jazz as your score. That would be the first thing. So change the, all of the music in it would help dramatically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't fit at uh, all.
2: I heard a quote once that said jazz is for men with instruments having a lot more fun than anybody else in the room. And this movie verifies <laughs> that. <laughs> See, okay. <laughs> I all
0: right. Apparently I, I, well, I, I want to comment on that because oh, okay. apparently cool. I am in the mi- minority with this. I actually think that that score could work in a better movie because I do legitimately enjoy jazz. And I think it didn't need to start with jazz, but I think as, as things were supposed to have gotten more uh, erratic and like crazy at the end, I think the jazz actually kind of fits. And that's the one thing I appreciated about this movie is the fact that it said, fuck everything. We are doing a jazz score the entire time. I I actually think. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry, I I would buy this soundtrack is what I'm saying. I and just just kind of put it on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I I almost feel like I remember I was watching this movie and um, I had my friend with me watching it. And I was like, I feel like some guy just made a jazz album and was like wanting to promote it and make it sound better than it actually is because they're playing that terrible movie <laughs> as like what it's played in. So everyone only remembers the music and yeah. So I just, it, it just sounded like it was a jazz album. Somebody just played and just let the whole thing play through the movie, regardless of if it fit <laughs> with what was going on at the time.
0: Well, I mean, especially like when you do get into like a lot of jazz and like the whole improvisational, like, nature of jazz and everything like that like to me honestly that was the perfect choice for the, what the fuck this movie was because nobody was on the same page <laughs> and it was kind of like they were doing jazz with the movie except it was bad jazz this movie was bad jazz the music it it is i i love this music and you know like with good jazz like you said there's like four people they can be playing stuff and it doesn't necessarily you know you wouldn't think it would go together but that's the beauty of jazz they can still be playing the same song it works this they were all playing different songs like every <laughs> single person in this movie was playing a different song than somebody else they were never or if they were playing the same song they were on different pages um you know they were like somebody's playing the chorus whenever they should be playing a verse something like that it's it's insane but i really do love the music and that actually does play into my my reboot of this movie later It it does play a bigger part in this. Uh, Justin, what's another suggestion you had other than just uh, getting a film crew and, you know, shitting on this wonderful, wonderful jazz music?
3: Okay. Well, all of those are good suggestions. Um, You know, I'm just so almost very inclined to just say, can you just not do it? And then just do something else, just pick something (laughs) else to do entirely. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be facetious like that. Honestly, to me, even if you kept all the bad acting, and even if you just had that camera and what it was doing, I think that the biggest, biggest problem with this is that this is not a coherent story in any kind of way. Just the simple story structure that a movie needs to get from point A to point B and things happen and make sense, this movie just doesn't have any of that. I mean, so, and I don't know if you're going to do this later when you dissect it, but I honestly, like like at the beginning, the beginning lacks any real attention grabber. You know, that's what you need at the beginning. If you ha- And the thing is, is that you have some ingredients in place. You have a family that unexpectedly stumbles into something that that they couldn't have possibly anticipated. You kind of have this cult leader and these wives and this steward or person jester that waits on him or whatever, and it almost kind of becomes this thing where all of that sort of turns against him, and then you kind of go to your resolution. But the problem is that you don't have any coherent things happening in between those events to put all this together and there's just basic storytelling structure that is just lacking all over the film but for me I would I would really mess with the story a lot when it comes to this I would I would keep the characters but there's a way to arrange this where it's more entertaining, and you could still have the same actors and that shitty camera, you could still have it. But if you had a better story, you it, it might actually have been somewhat appealing. I've seen fan-made movies where the camera quality is bad, but because the sto- because the there was a good, decent story with events and things happen. I've seen some short films that I enjoyed. Even though the camera work wasn't the best, even though the acting wasn't the best. So I think it's the story is the problem. He's got the ingredients, but he didn't make anything. He what, what, The end result was not a pie. It wasn't a cake. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. It was just something else entirely. And we need to find a way to take those characters and make an actual cake, not a car or a soda or whatever the hell they made. By the end of this movie.
0: The thing is, is I actually think they had that. I actually think they had a story written down that would have worked. I just don't think anybody knew how to fucking get that onto screen. Like you could see the elements there. Like you said, it's got the parts. You can kind of see it. But yeah, it just like I said, I don't think anybody that was on that quote unquote film set knew how to fucking do it. Yeah, They just did not know how to get that onto the screen. Um, And I, I have to disagree with you, Justin. How are you not captivated and hooked into this movie with the opening sequences of a couple making out in a car? How did that <laughs> not hook you into this movie?
3: It didn't. But I mean, case in point, <laughs> it did not. That didn't happen. You know, I was maybe I was like, hmm, who are these people? And then after by that time, nothing happened. I went, oh, OK, they're no one. But why not start with a sacrifice? Why not start with this? with the cult leader killing someone you know why not start with that why not start with that happening so we oh, we see i'll tell you why you know we see somebody getting sacrificed or maybe we don't see all of it but you hear people yelling you hear wives yelling and ch- doing chants and you hear a guy talking about it we see little inklings of something and maybe you see a bloody hand or a guy Yells and he's got a stub or something. Since they're using hands, why not start with an attention grabber, something to grab the audience right away, rather than roads and jazz music and do 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 Why instead of all of that, <laughs> why not start with something you, <laughs> that actually gets some- you? you dangerously
0: close. That yeah, was, was dangerously dipl- close to. <laughs> doing the mash theme song you were one or two notes away from doing mash that was almost suicide is painless like when you started doing that i was like is he about to hum the mash theme song and then you didn't it's just that's the first thing i thought of when you started that because it was the same tone and everything of that like muted trumpet that's at the beginning of mash um no I, I do have a reason why they shouldn't do what you just said with how to start the movie, but you'll find that out. Um, Heather, do you have anything uh, you want to add to this part real quick?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's funny because literally like all the things I was, especially that music, I just, it drove me crazy how much it just did not fit with, <laughs> in my opinion, what was going on, you know, but um, that and the acting, but also just, um, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, the voiceover part was terrible. <laughs> like they just, they didn't make anything clear. Like if there was a clear like ending or direction in what they did at the end of that, like even at the very end of it, when um the master, you know, they shoot at the master and all you see is just his face look up like that. He was just like scowling at them. It's like, okay, so what happened? <laughs> did you just not get hit? Cause you're invincible. Did you get shot? Like, what happened? You know, it just is, it's all weird. But also, the thing that drove me the most crazy is if the family could just be a little less ridiculously, like, making bad decisions, (laughs) you know, they were just, like, clearly, even at the beginning, when they're talking to Torgo, and he's like, oh, the master doesn't like children. And the freaking dad is just like, like, oh, but it should be fine, right? You're not going to turn us away, are you? And it's like if someone tells you they don't want a child and they're already creepy, why would you want to be there, <laughs> you know?
2: And yeah. just no, time told him after time... Multiple times. Multiple times. Or dogs. Is, yes. Or cars. <laughs> for them to go away. It's like, like this he invited like a, his
1: own self into this creepy home where they didn't even want him to be there in the first place. So he brought it on himself, which was ridiculous. And then... Just never concerned about anything. And just super dismissive anytime his wife was like, <laughs> like, I'm scared. He's like, there's nothing to worry about. It's fine. It's like, you just saw the creepy people that live here, right? And this picture and the dog's dead. And he it kept insisting, like, everything's fine. It's going to be fine. I'm sure it's just this. Every single time. But every single thing that happened in the movie, the wife was just really dramatic about it like oh it's me and the daughter in the bed where is he i'm just so afraid right now like did you go look for him i mean <laughs> what are you what are you doing you know and they're running through the woods and they're just like tripping over everything every 2 seconds the every someone in that family tripped like every 2 minutes when they were trying to run away from the cult in this 5 mile radius of they whatever they were in
2: they were running through a fucking beach. It wasn't even woods. It was a sandy beach. And they and were it's tripping like, I, feel over
1: like, sand. I feel like the world no. is only like, you know, that farm or that, that place that they were on was the only place in the world. Like, they just did not go past that radius of land. And they acted like, there's just no way out of this. We're just going <laughs> to really have to figure something out. And it's like, maybe just go two miles down the road. Like It's just like they just <laughs> didn't want to leave where they were. It was insane. So I just feel like if they had made more practical decisions that seemed actually like decisions that people would make as human beings, I feel like that would have made the movie better. But that's just me.
0: <laughs> well, can anybody guess what town they were supposed to be in in Texas.
1: I thought it was El, that, El Paso, wasn't it?
0: It is. That is El Paso. Okay. Because yes, apparently El Paso is just this random house in the desert <laughs> and that's it. That is the entirety of, of the great city of El Paso. Um, I do want to touch on one more thing before we I uh, go into my other one. And that is how Torgo died. Yeah. Torgo died by getting rubbed down by two women. <laughs> <laughs> and they just rubbed him. <laughs> yeah, they touched him to death.
3: Right. Like, it was crazy. You're right?
2: No, because <laughs> they just rubbed um, on him. And then his hand gets—I don't know he, his hand gets put. Yeah, but it was also him, the only I,
1: time he ever man. walked like a normal person. He ran away faster than I've yeah. ever seen anyone run, and he struggled to walk but- the whole time. <laughs> Like,
3: and,
2: then and,
1: and that was so fire. stupid.
3: They were just touching him and rubbing him. And I was so angry. I was like, what would this do <laughs> other than give him an erection? What would this do? <laughs> what would this do to him? How yeah. would this hurt and when, him? And what was, I, when, I say,
2: no, and when no. I say him an erection, I mean only Torgo. Because they only touched, like, his face and his neck. <laughs> yes. They, it wasn't the rest of his body. So, it would only be this. Well, specific. no, they kind of touched on his chest, too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but it was really the northern part of the upper body. The northern part of the upper body. So, only well, Torgo was, would this be sensual.
0: But at the same time, he's sitting there screaming. He's, you know, it's like it's, like quote, unquote, like it's killing him. And I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, that seems like a good time, bro. Like, like, you're having the, the worst reaction to this. Like, like come on, you could have gotten maybe some more hand stuff if you just kind of went along with it, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, no wonder they stopped touching you. You were screaming like it was hurting you. If you just kind of went with it, you could have gotten a hand job or something. I mean, I've heard of the touch of death, but this shit was too fucking literal. I
2: mean, it was
0: <laughs> way too literal. I mean, I really, because in th- in those, those women were not unattractive. I mean, I could, especially from 1966 standards, I'm like, I could literally think of a worse way to go, dude. Why are you <laughs> acting like this? <laughs> I mean, especially when you look at that guy, I mean, they were at least solid sevens. That motherfucker's a two. Come on. That's like a 14 <laughs> on two. He's a two out of a hundred. <laughs> There's way six. worse ways to go. There's for him. Yes. He's a two out of 156.
1: Also, did anyone else I mean, realize that um at one scene um his eyebrow like came off?
2: <laughs> yes. and he and that's another it, thing. He had these really sure thick eyebrows and they gave like him extra bright eyebrows. Why do they give a person with thick eyebrows <laughs> extra eyebrows? You don't need any more eyebrows. What the fuck is going on? Yeah,
0: and it start- Yeah, because when it happened, he started looking like a Klingon off the original star Trek before they gave him the forehead ridges yes, yes <laughs> where they just yeah. had, they just had the little sharp eyebrows that went at like a 45 degree angle. He had that with his fake eyebrow, but then his regular eyebrow was still going. So his regular eyebrow was right. And then he had the little Klingon eyebrow too. It was, it was amazing. Honestly, I really loved that. I thought that was just a very sneaky homage to, to star Trek. I'm, <laughs> I'm really surprised that you guys and- think that that was a problem.
2: It's unfortunate that that (laughs) eyebrow couldn't cling on
0: to his face.
1: Nice. (laughs) Nice.
0: God, I'm fucking cutting that the fuck out. Dear God. Anyway. All right. So we've been going now for 52 minutes and we really haven't fixed anything. If we were to grade it now, it'd still be fucked. So this movie to me actually parallels a very, very famous story in a lot of ways. And I think they wasted that. Um, I'm not going to say what that story is until we get more into this. So, my way of fixing that, this, like if you were going to make it now, I would still have it based in the 1960s. I would still have it more or less take place in the same type of setting like a like you would like an inn or a bed and breakfast or something in the desert. Like I granted there probably wouldn't be a bed and breakfast in the desert, but just something like a like an inn or something like that in the deserts of El Paso. And I would actually not do what Justin said when he talked about, you know, showing a sacrifice at the beginning, because I actually think it needs to be slow played a little bit at the beginning, but fix a lot of the character decisions. Like I know that we talked about how the family just made the worst decisions in the world. This guy's like literally saying, hey, if you stay here, you might get murdered. And they're, and the dad's just like, hey, let's give it a shot. We might not. He said, maybe <laughs> we might not actually die. Let's give it a shot. I would slow play it. And I would actually have, so I would kind of start it the same way. I wouldn't have the couple making out on the side of the road. I don't think that's necessary at all. I don't think the cop pulling over the couple to tell them that their uh, license plate was out or their their one of their taillights was out was necessary. I think you just kind of have this family going and just have them like doing like talking normal family stuff. Because they like they're moving somewhere like because I think the beginning of the movie showed them like they were in San Francisco and then they were just randomly taking a trip somewhere. This I would just like it, like the family's moving or something like that. And they've got to get somewhere else. And, you know, it's going to get late in the day. They see some signs for an inn, So they pull, you know, they pull off the road and they go to this inn. And I just think instead of having just Torgo there, I think you have Torgo and like another like a lady there. And Torgo can still be acting a little weird, not as weird as he was in this movie, but like a little weird. Kind of have him seem like a little dim witted, as they would say a lot of times in movies like this. And just have him seem a little simple and like a little uh like an aspect of like that. And you know, whenever the like the family comments, you can have the little girl say something like, Oh, why is he acting like that? And then then be like daughter don't say stuff like that that's rude and then you know the lady could say something oh well you know he's he's just a little simple but you know he, he works hard and so like the woman is the one inviting him in the woman is the one that they trust that's why they're staying there and you they do see him as a little weird but they do view him as ultimately harmless so you can still have that character trait of him being like a weird servant character like he was more or less in this movie but not have it off-putting and literally him trying to defeat the purpose of this entire movie. Cause I mean, if they just listened to him at the beginning of this movie, the movie would not have happened. But so then this way you, you give them a reason to stay at this end. Cause if you just have him, I think that they would just leave. So you have that and then you could go and they can like, they could see the picture of the guy and they could just, you know, the old woman can just make up some, like, there could be some history of like, that's the guy that used to own the house, all this other stuff. Um, not calling him the master that'd be a little weird but have you can have the torgo character call him the master and then so then that way they would they'd be a little off put by the picture but then you know he says something like that so they're not connecting the the dots yet cuz they're like oh he's a simple person you know he's saying he's just being weird you know but they they have that sweet other lady that disarms that apprehension they still have and you could even have the dog escape And they can hear like the rustling, the rustling, the rustling. And then they could go and find the dog. And, you know, if you're doing this now, you would actually have it be violent. Like the dog would be like in a pool of blood and like eviscerated and all that other shit. And they can be like, oh, and and they can more or less have the same type of conversation. Like, you know, the dad's like, look, it's the desert. Like, probably got out and a coyote got it. The daughter could be all sad and all this other stuff. And the dad could be like, don't worry, when we get wherever they're going, they'll like, they'll get her another dog, all this other stuff. And just try to console the daughter that way. And, as, as, as the night goes on, like they start hearing more and more things and it starts being a little weirder and a little weirder. You can have, uh, what I think there'd be like a scene where like the wife takes a shower and when she gets out, you know, she's like in the towel and she's like about to like wipe down the mirror. And like, she starts wiping the mirror down and you see like a streak of blood go across the mirror with, from the towel, and She looks at the towel and then this is where I think you have what you mentioned earlier, Justin, with a, a bloody handprint in the towel. It's like slightly smeared because she just used the towel to wipe on the mirror and she like freaks out and all this other stuff, you know, and the old lady can or the, the lady can come in and be like, oh, sorry, you know, Torgo must have cut himself when he, you know, and just grab the towel and just still put it in here, you know, because he doesn't understand all this other stuff. And so it kind of keeps going like that until all of a sudden the the guy from the painting like the daughter could say she saw him. They'd be like, well, no, he, they said he was dead. You know, this was like a long time ago and all this other stuff. And she's like, no, I saw him and all this other stuff. And then I'll, then the mother can start seeing him. And then you can still even do that scene where Torgo is being creepy outside the window and her turn around and not see him. Or she could like be standing somewhere and she thinks she feels something like touch her hair like Torgo did, but she just feels it. And then she turns around and nothing's there. It's a very cliche thing you see in a lot of horror movies, but I think it would still fit in this movie. So you have this. And then I think at a certain point, you then go, I don't want to say to like the altar like they had because they had the altar outside. That was very weird to me. I think it should go to like a basement and you should see kind of the same scene we saw in the movie. You should have the master lying on like a stone table. Uh, You can have the dog there. I don't think it should be a Doberman. I think it should be, you can have it be a Doberman, but I think it should be a little twisted. I think there should be like an otherworldly element to it like its eyes should glow like it was in the painting you know its eyes should be glowing or something like that just have it look uh supernatural and nature and you can have all the women uh like essentially standing on the pillars around him i don't think they should be tied or anything like that but they're just standing on the pillars around him and i say all this because the story that this actually reminds me of that they were so close to actually doing but they dropped the ball is this very much is almost a version of Dracula. Like Torgo is mm. Renfield. The master is Dracula. All the wives are Dracula's brides. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Mm hmm. And yeah. just like in Dracula, y- you have, you know, Jonathan Harker, uh, was the one, the reason why they were there was like, you know, and that would be the same in the movie. The dad was the reason why they were there, but then the dad wasn't necessary. It was the wife just like, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Mina in, in, in the Dracula story. It's it's right there. Like it's It's got all those parts. They just wanted to make it something else. Um. So ultimately, that's what I think this should be. I don't think it should be a cult that worships hands like this movie is. It should be Dracula. You don't have to say Dracula, but it should be that. He should be a vampire. You know, the, those brides should be you know, they should be uh, vampires and that should be the whole thing with it. And, you know, so then that way, like the family Like they're trying to do like a blood ritual or something like that to like, you can have the bride say like Dracula's not resurrected. Like he's just still there. He's not dead per se, but he's just not like coming awake. So like the brides are trying to do a ritual to bring him back. And so in in the movie, in the the original version of Manos, they're apprehensive about the kid and all this other stuff. I think that that should actually change in this. I think their goal should be they sacrifice the husband like they always do. Um, but I think they should want to sacrifice the child, hoping that her blood will be what brings him back. And then they can make the, the wife one of his brides type of situations. I think that if you slow play it and then have it like have little things here and there constantly cause problems and look weird and, uh you know, little things happening and slowly descend into madness. And then, you know, when it starts getting chaotic where they're running around this house and they're running in the desert from at night from these these vampires. I think that'd be great. Um you can have Renfield like die. You know, you can have them like you can have the brides get pissed off at him. I don't think you ever actually need to see the master do anything in the end. I think like you said you can allude to it it's Dracula or if you want to get rid of that and just have them still be a supernatural thing that's fine. But I think ultimately the goal should be to revive the master and not actually have him play a part other than he's there and you see him like you you you've seen how sinister he was in the picture but then you see him on that altar and i think the craziness should be from the brides or his wives or something like that you know they mm. could be doing stuff you can have you can have cops show up at the house cuz you know they could just you know hear something or see something or all this other stuff and so they come by the house and then you can have the brides kill them you know something like that you can have all these things and that would give a purpose to the cops. So if you do want to have that traffic stop scene at the beginning, you can still have that and it would serve a purpose. You can have the kids making out if you want to, and they can just like go to another spot on the road. They can say, go on to the property and they think they're kind of tucked away and all this other stuff. And then like, you know, while they're like, looking for the family and all this other stuff the you know some of the vampire brides killed them just to kind of up maybe some of the gore and some of the violence and the brutality of it to really kind of instill the fear of why this family is running away from them because i think at a certain point it could be like a chase movie towards the end but like they're in the desert and it's night and they can't see and they're running away from these nocturnal creatures i think that's where you can really up the fear you know Instead of doing kind of what they did, like I said, you can have Renfield fail them. Like the family gets away and that's why they're running in the desert. And that's why the brides kill the Renfield or the Torgo character at that point. Um, I think it's just a better way of doing it is, and it's to simplify it, like actually justify why anything is happening in this movie. You know, like we talked about nobody, nobody in their right mind would stay at that house based on the conversations they had. So you have to have that warm, inviting character To get them to stay there, but I do think you need a character kind of like Torgo was to kind of also establish how unsettling that house is or to give that foreboding nature that something is wrong there outside of just, you know, if you know it's a horror movie and you have that character being nice, like, oh, no, you can stay in our house. Yes, that is creepy, but I don't think we should lean on somebody being nice to automatically mean an ulterior motive. I think, you know, if you have the character there that also kind of gives them an apprehensive feeling from the beginning anyway, I think that that serves a better purpose that way. I think, like I said, you lean into that and then you can kind of leave it ambiguous at the end. Like, say, maybe you want to set up a sequel or something like that. You can have them catch the family. You could have them start the ritual and all this other stuff. And you can have them like, I mean, I know this is going to sound gruesome, but you can like have them slice the daughter's throat. And the blood drips into his mouth, and then you know you end the movies with like the the master's eyes opening at that point or something, you know, something of that nature. Like, and it, you just very end and then fade to black. Uh, I just think that this movie lends itself to that story because everything. When I watched this movie, I thought Dracula, not because it was good or anything like that, or even if that was the intention. It's just the, the way the characters are structured, or at least their roles in this movie. It feels like Dracula. Everybody fits a role from Dracula outside of there. There wasn't a Van Helsing. That's really about it. Every character in that movie fits a characteristic of the the Dracula characters. And I would have leaned into that. I just wouldn't have marketed as that. Because, you know, the whole big thing is like the twist ending of this movie. They actually like, do you guys remember there being a twist at the end of this movie?
1: At this one that we just watched?
0: Yes, of Manos.
1: Well, I mean, just when the, the, the dad from the family is the new servant.
0: That's
3: probably about it. Yeah, if you want to call it that. But did it feel
0: like a twist? Like that's the thing.
3: Not really, no. But to me, that's the closest thing to it. That was that, definitely.
0: But but that's one of the things, is this movie was supposed to have a big twist. It's a twist, it's a twist, all this other stuff. I never felt like there was a twist. And instead of saying it's a twist, I mean, you can have the dad be the servant at the end. You know, like I said, Renfield died. Make a new Renfield. You know, that type of situation. Yeah. Uh, If you didn't want to end it, like I said, with that, like you can just have it be like that, you know, say you want to skip out and you don't want to see the, like the daughter die. You can have them like the brides catch the family. And then, you know, afterwards you see the wife and the husband are the ones now like manning the front desk at this, this inn. Now daughter nowhere to be seen, but then they do something and like, see them like go down the stairs or something like that. You know, like say a new family comes and all this other stuff and you see them go like the wife go down the stairs and she just like goes down the stairs into the basement where this the altar was and everything like that and she just says two new people just came. And then that's when you can hear the master say good. And so then you can apply imply that they killed the daughter and he is resurrected without actually seeing him or actually seeing the daughter be killed. If you want to kind of air like, you know, air yourself out of that, like not have that gr- like that gruesomeness in the film. You can at least do it that way. Um and still kind of have that ending where they have where they turn the people into it. But it's just, at least if the dad is the thing that's way less off-putting than Torgo was, I think more people would actually come to the Manos Inn
1: yeah, with the dad He, he looks of a Torgo. little less threatening, I would say.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, Torgo kind of looks like a serial killer. Yes. And at least the dad just kind of looks like an atypical 1960s dad. But no, that's more or less my plan for doing this. Oh, and before I forget, I think that a a, a nice way to kind of incorporate um jazz music into this is you can kind of have your normal orchestral score during the normal moments i think that when things are weird or when like the shit's going down i think that's the perfect time to switch to like the jazz score that the original movie had i think Hmm. the like the more chaotic it is and things like that i think you should have jazz music kind of like be the signature music of those moments because like i said i really loved How when shit was going crazy at the end and there was that huge cat fight and like when they were doing all the, Mm -hmm. I guess the action sequences of this movie that it was jazz music. I just, for whatever reason, that's the one thing that fucking worked for me in this movie (laughs) was when chaos was going on on the screen, jazz music was playing. I mean, I guess this entire movie is chaos, so I guess it's more fitting that it was always jazz music, but those scenes where it really was when they were trying to ramp up the tension or ramp up the action, if you will. Uh, I really liked the way the jazz fit in that. And that's what I would do. I'd keep that. That's the aspect I'd keep in this movie. Um, would be that. Would be like, I would use jazz music to kind of be the the signal that something is amiss at that moment. Or that there is something related to the ultimate theme of like, in my version of them being vampires or something like that. I think jazz would be a good way to do that. So, uh, we'll start with you, Justin. What do you think of my my pitch to fix Manos the Hands of Fate?
3: Uh, cool. I mean, I definitely um see what you're talking about with the whole with how it kind of parallels um a Dracula story. I didn't think about that, but as you started to mention different things like the brides and um and different people that fit different roles, and I could definitely see that. I I I could definitely see how you derive to that. But I don't know, man. I think that it's always more fun to kind of keep, like like whenever I go to change something, I, I try to kind of keep the concept that they had just so much more so than kind of changing. Because I don't know, if you make them vampires, I feel like that is kind of, or if you make it about like he's this Dracula type and you don't say that, I feel like that's just a super change from what it was per se i i don't know i i just think i would have done it like a, a little differently I-, I mean i think that there are ways that you could use different characters and different people um and you could still get kind of a coherent story with what they had like maybe that kissing couple you know that's a couple that can be killed at the beginning of the movie or they're kissing, kissing, kissing. They're somewhere we don't quite know where they are. They hear something, something happens. Did you hear that? And something happens to them, but we don't quite know what. Then you could easily come back later in that movie. And you find out later when you see all the wives that, you know, they're, they're having a conversation and they're like, well, he's with his, you know, met the, the cult leaders with his new wife right now. Or whatever. And then, you know, it could come back later. And maybe that girl we saw making out is one of the wives. You know, you could do something with that couple. That couple could have been somebody. I felt like that couple could have been somebody that died at the beginning. And instead of changing the whole thing with the hands and the sacrifice, I thought that was kind of neat. I mean, I think that's kind of different. But why don't you dive more into that? How come when they got to the house or the inn, wherever they were, how come there wasn't, like, all this hand imagery everywhere? Like, maybe instead of, like, maybe there could have been, like, all this, like, artistic stuff with hands and fingers and stuff like that. And they're, like, looking around, like, man, there's a lot of, like, mandible, like, hand type of stuff in here. And maybe Togo could have been, like, oh, well, that's just what the, you know, the master is an artist and he's always kind of had this thing for hands. Like, I think you could have had some of that in there without giving it away. And then towards the end of it, when the sacrifices is being made and we're severing cans, all of that kind of comes full circle. Um, I do like your idea about having an inviting character and stuff like that, but I wouldn't have added a woman. I just would have kept that as Togo. Instead of him being like, oh, apprehensive, like, oh, I don't I don't think that makes sense with the story that we were given. Like, if he knows if he's in on this, if he knows what his master does, if he knows his master likes wives, if he knows that his master makes sacrifices, why wouldn't he be trying to lure them into the house? Like rather than the car breaking down after they after the husband forced them to stay there. Why don't you have the car break down at the beginning? The car breaks down. He's like, man, what are we going to do? Oh, well, I see this place. It looks like an inn or something in the distance. They go there. They're asking for a place to stay. And Togo invites them in. Maybe they see Togo in his actions and he's weird and he's quirky. And they're kind of thinking twice about it. But he convinces them to stay. You know, that just seems like a more simpler fix than adding somebody. How about he convinces him because he's in on it. He knows that the the woman is kind of cute. He thinks, oh, that could be another wife for my master. You know, he start, he's starting to think all of that. And I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Togo strikes up maybe a friendship with the kid. And maybe that's why he turns later on in the movie. I don't know if you need all the wives to turn and be like, oh, a child or something like that. But maybe... Togo kind of develops a friendship with the daughter, and there's a reason for a turn. There's a reason to kind of value this child's life, so to speak. So I don't know. I'm not saying your idea is bad. I just would have kept more of the original elements and maybe switched some of those things around, is what I'm saying, I guess.
0: Well, see, and the reason – well, that's one reason why I went the way I did is because I actually didn't want to change – uh, Torgo's character because to me like I said he was Renfield he was that just mentally like psychosis riddled servant that you know was trying to do what his master wanted but because he's more or less so psychotic he can't like he, he, his good intentions always fail type of situation because he puts off the wrong vibe like I said when I saw Torgo I automatically always felt like Renfield And that's why I went that route with him to kind of have him be simple and add the other character. But the reason why I went vampires with this is because you you can actually easily switch that out if you need to. Like you said, you can still have it be a cult and still keep a lot of the same things with that um, because they kind of play one in the same. I just went that because, like I said, I just felt Dracula the entire time. But one thing that you gave me an idea when you said that. Uh When you were talking about that couple dying at the beginning, because I mentioned they can die later on or something like that, but I mentioned that you would have to have something happen to to draw the cops there to where the cops you know could be killed by somebody. What if we took your idea of you seeing the couple die at the beginning or you see them get attacked at the beginning and then you do see you know that the the female in the car um is one of the wives now, but later, the cops could find the car that they were in and you know, there could be like blood and gore and all that other stuff from where they killed the boyfriend there and took his hands. Ah, and so, okay. I like that. That's, that's why they think that's why they didn't go to the house. Just not because they think there's something there. It's just because that's the closest place. They're like, Hey, maybe they know something or we, you know, we need to warn them because some crazy shit just went down. Not too far away from them. Right. Um, that type of situation. So then that would give a reason to then draw the cops over for them to get killed. Like I said, cool. Cool. You could, you, you know, you can tie those in together. Um, but yeah, like, and, and like I said, I went vampires just cause like I said, the characters in this remind me of Dracula. Like that's why I went yeah. vampires with it. It wasn't necessarily cause you couldn't do it with a cult or anything like that. I think you can, I think it's a very easy switch to then do it as a hand cult. Like it technically was, I just went that way because that's what the characters made me think. You know, like I said, every character in this reminds me of a character in Dracula. So I just went that way. Um, But yes, I do agree with you though. You can go both ways uh, with it. And I do kind of like what you said, maybe having Torgo be like the, the nice charming, convincing person. And he ends up betraying because like you said, he kind of befriends the girl and, you know, and like you said, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, the wives were all like, oh, you know, we can't kill the child or don't kill the child. And they kept fighting about it. Have them want to have them just want to kill the child. Yeah. And that's what he he he's just like dead set against. Like, no, I don't give a fuck what you do with these parents. You cannot kill this child. Yes. And then that's why they murder him. Mm-hmm. I, I I do like I do like that. That's a very good. I don't want to say redemption story, but maybe it show like the one like that was the last aspect of humanity he had left. Yeah was spent to to, to, like save that girl
3: yes and there's tons of ways that you could use that to kind of give the characters hope that they might get out of this situation now of course they do not but that to me is a more believable story like he lures them there and you know and you could do some fun stuff with this man he could have been digging up something when they when they arrive. the car breaks down they arrive there Maybe he's digging something, but we don't know what. He's got a shovel in his hand. Then later on, when they escape and try to run, you know what's got to happen. They fall, somebody trips and falls, and then there's the body of the boy, the make-out boyfriend. You know, now he's in that grave, or it's halfway dug up, and you see his head or something. You know, you could do a lot of interesting stuff with this Togo character, but... I like him turning. I think somebody needed to turn because obviously the director wanted that. Like, because the wives were apprehensive about sacrificing the child, but we didn't establish any connections. And if Togo's going to die anyway, why not let that be him? And, you know, and it would give the characters kind of a chance there before they eventually, you know, get caught and everything happens. But,
0: you know. Well, and the, and the nice thing about that is, too, is say if we did if you did go to like the vampire story or something like that, like I said, that would actually could still be the redemption arc for the Renfield character type, because he, if he was like kind of more simple or like I said, just mentally like insane at that point, he could still befriend the daughter and then sacrifice himself to try to save her still. I mean, that 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 aspect of it can still actually work in, bo- in both versions of that. And that is one of the nice things about that like using that or going through that character progression with him, you know, is that aspect of it actually can work both ways. Um, Devin, your thoughts.
2: Um, the vampire the 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 relation to Brom Strokers or, you know, Dracula story, I think is a really interesting take on it. Um like Jaston, I don't see why it can maybe be even intertwined. Um, But for me, the biggest thing from your takeaway that I took away from yours is you didn't have a lot relating to the manos or the hands. And that's one thing that I just have to say I needed. One thing I needed from this movie was for hands to be some sort of Mm -hmm. key role. And I would have loved to see a tableau, And that's why I was excited about your interpretation of this, because I knew you're going to be like, here, there's going to be some type of link to hands in this. Uh, so uh, I- even if it was just a tableau and all the people that are killed, there's like this effigy of all of these hands of the monos God or whatever that are kind of, you know, you know, made in some type of shrine or something like that, you know, because that was what one thing this movie was missing. The only thing we got was two big, gaudy, felt red hands on a shitty robe. And <laughs> I just wanted to wrap <laughs> that up. So I'd say no matter where you go, whether you stick with the cult, cult or you go with vampires, you have to bring that hand thing together. And I love what you said about it being more of a slow burn type of movie and one that's like a little bit more suspenseful. Um, and that kind of gets you going, all right, who's who is, you know, who's creepy? Who's not creepy? Is this like real or is it not real? And these surreal moments that would happen in the midst of, like, you know, kind of normal things. um, I I like that. I think that would be a good way to do this movie. And, you know, the only thing I would really add to that is just saying keep it to where, like, all right, is this just a regular old cult? Or are these just, is this just a cult or is this really supernatural shit? Is there really supernatural shit happening? Or is it just these, a group of crazy people who are just believing in some crazy shit? And maybe it has some type of ambiguous ending, you know, where it's kinda up to interpretation of was this really real or, you know, was there supernatural powers or are these people just, you know, people who are wrapped up in a vampiric cult who think they drink blood and who think that they worship this god, but really they're just being brainwashed by this guy, you know. Um to me I think sacrificing a little girl is kinda key instead of saving the little girl. Uh I think the focus should have maybe been on, you know, the wife and the little girl, Uh, you know, uh if this Manos character or the master character has been revised, revived, let's just say they've been at it for 10 or 15 years. And when you when you see him on the altar for the first time, like in yours, he's just dead. But like, what if he's hella dead? What if he's like severely decomposed and like you see, you know. I don't know, jars of, you know, you know, things that probably were blood that they poured into his mouth that didn't work. And so they're just getting more and more desperate trying to resurrect the master. And the only step they haven't taken was to kill a child. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the only thing they haven't done to resurrect. Yeah, I like that. I I actually like that. And so then this becomes in a parental like fight. Uh, um, not just for your own personal survival, but for the survival of your child. Um, and uh, I think that would be a really good way to do it. Uh, and I just, I just wanted, I just, I just needed some more hands. So that's really, I don't really give a fuck if it's a see, or it's vampires, but something relating to
0: hands. See, I, I abandoned hands just for the sheer fact that fuck, it makes no sense. It does. Like they chose Manos because it sounds menacing, but it just means hands. Like this movie is literally called hands, the hands of fate. And I, that's why I got rid of the hands is because it makes no sense. And I mean, I guess technically my version of it would, it would be kind of hard to call it Manos still, but yeah, I got rid of it just because of that. I was like this, it, it fucking makes no sense ever. Like the weird relationship with hands other than you said, like the weird thing. And then they cut off the hands. Um, One way I think you could actually do a fun way of tying in hands. Like you were saying, is for whatever reason to kind of break the mold from your traditional vampires or something like this, they could, you could have them like cut off the hands and then just like sucking the blood out of like the, the stump thing. Gross.
1: But yes, like
0: exactly. Yeah. Like that would be kind of a way to do it. Like that's just a weird way of how these vampires drink the blood. If you went that route, like it would just be one of those things where like they cut off the hands and then they just like put their mouth on that stub and just suck the blood out of them like that. Um, and that would, that'd be a way to tie in the hands. But you did say something I thought was very interesting.
2: Could I add one thing? If that you with did the hands That would be kind of
0: cool. Um, What's that? So since
2: the master in your story is a vampire and he's all dead and they're trying to resurrect him, you know, kind of like uh, Sauron um, in, uh, I know you're going to hate this, in uh, Lord of the Rings, but even though he didn't have a physical body, uh, shut up, just listen to me. Even though he didn't have a physical body, he could affect things physically. So what if the whole process of getting them in and seducing them, in, them, you know, into that, you know, getting them to come and stay, and and you know, making those connections because you have a person to make connection with, and stuff like that. What if all that's just one part of how uh, the master influences uh, people, and once he has a certain level of influence, he can control your body. And what if the only way to resurrect is to make those people kill their own child with their own hands, but it's him doing it. So it would be really cool for them to be fighting against their bodies and fighting against their own arms as they're going after their daughter. She's trying to run away from them, but they can't do anything. I mean, I think that would be really cool, too. So they're sentient. They're not zombies. It's just like this one part of their body they can't control almost. And so... Or or you know,
0: Yeah, kinda like I was just gonna say like Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead where yeah, he's yeah.
2: his hand got possessed, so he's like fighting it. Yeah. But you know, somehow they get locked in a house or locked in a room or something like that where they can't really run away. And, you know, that's the only thing Manos is, you know, trying to get them to do. You have to kill your own child with your own hands. That's what I need. Uh and so that would be something that could have been cool too, to see these people fighting their own bodies, trying not to hurt their daughter. You can do some interesting things with that.
0: Well, one thing I was going to say, though, that another thing you said that actually is incredibly, uh, it's an incredibly interesting idea to me, is if you did this movie with zero supernatural elements and just have them be crazy people that think they worship a hand god, and, you know, they could be thinking that supernatural elements or, like, supernatural things are happening because they're doing these rituals and all this other stuff, but, like, when you're watching it, you're not seeing any of it you're just seeing these crazy people do these things because they, they think they're worshiping a God named Manos and they're doing all this stuff. And it just, it makes no sense because there's nothing supernatural behind it. Like this movie alludes to there being supernatural things. I do kind of like the idea of them being just crazy people and they're in this cult. And then you could still have that weird ambiguous ending where, you know, the new family is there and like, they're now a part of it or something like that. And, you know, you, you can be kind of ambiguous why all of a sudden they turn, but you can still not show the daughter there or something like that. And I just think that that's actually a very interesting idea where it really is just some crazy people chopping off hands because they're trying to resurrect Manos. And you can still have like that painting mm-hmm. of the master and all this other stuff. But I think if you go that route, don't ever show the master, have them just like chopping off hands and doing rituals because they're trying to like bring the master to them. But you never show the master to kind of like solidify even more their psychosis you know of them trying to you know resurrect this guy and just have one of them you know have somebody there be like i don't want to say like a high priest or something but you know like one of them's kind of a leader but just don't show the master they're they're chopping off hands and doing these rituals to get the master there and all you ever see of the master is that painting i do kind of like something like that that is a very interesting concept that i think you could have some real fun with too and still incorporate a lot of the ideas we have saying. Like, you know, them trying to like want to kill the daughter because they think maybe if they chop off the daughter's hands and sacrifice those to Manos, he'll actually come this time. Because they've been doing it for a while. They're cutting off hands and they're cutting off hands. You can have a room. And it's just jars of hands everywhere. And they're like, we've done all this stuff, but they've never done it to a child type of situation. I think that like something like that would actually be fun too with this. But we can't, I can't, you know, come up with a whole New one again, we've already been going for a little while. So I don't want to necessarily just say, fuck this, let's redo it now again. So Heather, what about you? What are, what are some thoughts from you on this?
1: I mean, to be honest, like really, even just the, the first thing you said about, you know, get a camera crew that alone would make it infinitely better than it was. <laughs> but I do like the interesting ideas that you guys have brought up. A Dracula element would be um, really cool. My, my only thing I would say about, you know, the whole, if it's a cult thing and or whatever is, I, I just feel like there's so many things about a cult and the, the nature of what cults are and what they do that, yeah, they just should have had a lot more of, or if we were to remake it, you know, have a lot more of those cult elements in it to where, you know, there's, there's like the element of the brainwashing or the element of just like the creepy, like obscure things that, like specific cults, you know, take part in like if it was cutting off hands and keeping them as trophies or something like that. That element is going to be a lot more terrifying and they should have done more with that. In this one, it definitely it it didn't really feel so much like a cult as it did just a dude who, you know, forced women to be his wives <laughs> and like, you know, like it just it didn't have the cult feel. It just felt like one crazy dude. Yeah. And people that had no families or something that just decided like, okay, well, let's just hang out with this guy. Like it didn't give the cult vibe as much for me as I would have liked for it being in the description that it was about a cult, you know, like they just didn't really um, execute that very well. And so I think to remake it, it would be great to do that element because cults are super creepy and super interesting. And they're you know, just enthralling to either learn about or to be like, what's happening? There's just something about that, at least for me, that I'm like, this this is insanity, but people actually do stuff like this. So I think adding more of that element into it would have made it a lot better. Um, so for me, that's that's what I would really say. But yeah, I mean, having some kind of a twist, like even if it was whoever it was that invited them to the um, you know, the vacation home or who's whoever was inviting them knowing that, oh, there's not anything out there other than this home. So basically, whoever it was that recommends this place is maybe part of the cult. And then you find out later that that's somebody who was in it. And there was this plan all along because they were eyeing these people, you know, and keeping tabs on them. And that's why they wanted them there. Something like that would have been an interesting element too, I think. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the ideas that you guys have absolutely would have made it a much better thing. And they were just really drilling in this whole don't sacrifice the girl. And then it, it amounted to nothing because you don't really feel like the girl in this movie was that important, <laughs> like other than just that part yeah. that caused the cat fight you know? But um to make it about that or like, oh, the child is innocent and she's gonna complete this and this is what we're we're missing and what we need. And yeah, instead of just like, oh, the master doesn't like children, it could have been like the master loves children, you know, that would have made it creepier <laughs> and it would have made it make more sense as to like, oh, like, yeah, we, we need this girl and we need to sacrifice her because she's the missing element. Something like that really just would have, I think, fit a lot better. So,
0: All right. So, moment of truth. Um, we'll start with Heather. We'll do this in the reverse of what we just did. So, Heather, did I fix this movie? Not did I make this movie good? Did I make it better? Because it's really hard to make a good version of this. But did I at least make this movie better? Did I fix it enough?
1: <laughs> I would say yes. I mean, like I said, even you saying just get a camera crew—that solves like forty percent of the problem of this movie. Maybe fifty. <laughs> who knows? But yes, I would say definitely. It's a hard one to fix, but it, it definitely would have been improved a lot by the things that you said. So yes, I I believe that you have improved this movie.
0: Devin,
2: what about you? I want to give the suggestions you made with getting a camera crew, making some type of definite antagonist or force and adding some type of creativity to this film. uh, I think that would fix this film and make it at least watchable because this movie is, it it is unwatchable. This is an unwatchable film. So I'm going to give you... 80 hours of making out in the same location out of 100 for fixing Monos and the Fate.
1: Nice.
0: I'll take that. I'll take that. I mean, my lips might be chapped after that, but I'll take that. Justin, what about you? Yes, I, I
3: follow the sentiment of Heather and Devin. I do think that the version that you came up with is a better version. Um, it, Even though I would have done some things different, either way, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what the the product that 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 Manos is, and what you came up with is a much better version <laughs> for this film than that. Even if you took all the hand stuff away and just made him a vampire and all that, all of that still works better than what we got. Um, so I would definitely uh, mirror everyone else. Yeah, you definitely fixed it. Uh, although I would just say I would have liked to have seen. I guess more elements of the source material in your fix, I think it's always just more difficult, challenging, and fun to do that to try to keep as many of the elements as you can rather than just kinda mixing all of it for the most part but uh but but no, I do think that overall your fix was a better fix, so I'll go with let's see I'll go with seventy five scenes. Of people staring ominously, looking and blinking at each other for several minutes straight out of a (laughs) hundred.
0: See, and that is one of the craziest things about this movie, is because it really does make no sense. I cannot stress enough how much everyone needs to see this movie at least once. Everybody has to. It's a must-watch. Hands down, I I will go to my grave saying that everybody needs to watch this movie at least once. Because no matter how bad something seems, there is a Manos out there. And (laughs) it it really is just so funny, though, that this movie is so nonsensical that where I watch it, like, to me, I feel like I kept with a lot of the stuff from the movie. I might have changed some of the the certain aspects of it. But to me, I, I to me, I kept the characterizations of them. And then you hear the same thing and you don't feel that way because this movie is so ambiguous with everything. That is, I think is impossible for two people to watch this movie and like get the exact same thing out of it. It's, it really is that bonkers and nonsensical that, you know, what you think the thing, and it's not like in a good way, like us, it's not like it was ambitious. So there's so many levels to it that, you know, (laughs) we're just seeing different things from a different perspective. It's, we're seeing the same thing and it's not ambiguous at all it's very simple and or and tries to be very straightforward and it still fails at getting its message across so hard that it feels <laughs> like in certain ways that we, we both got a different theme out of it. And that's also a testament to how much you still need to watch this movie. Everybody, like I said, needs to watch this movie. It's, it's in the top 10 of movies. Everybody should see before they die. It is, it has to be because no matter how bad you've, ever think you've seen a movie there is this out there and this it takes the cake it really is it's a legendary status bad movie and if you don't believe me fucking watch it because i challenge anybody to have seen this and not think that um final thoughts guys well, i don't know
3: after you said it, maybe it's in the list of <laughs> movies to see before you die i was thinking bad maybe the person should just die that might be a better experience than actually watching this movie honestly but no you're right uh hey, I, so bad it's good it it does need to be seen in all seriousness
1: well <laughs> it's not
0: it's 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 not it's not so bad it's good it's so bad you have to fucking watch it cuz it's <laughs> like watching a snuff film with its curiosity factor of like this shouldn't be on film like a snuff film shouldn't exist nobody should film somebody killing somebody else but it does exist. Therefore your curiosity should make you watch it just once.
1: I think that your line that you said about no matter how bad you think things are, there's always a monos out there. I feel like that's kind of the greatest way to <laughs> sum up this whole thing because that's that's like that should actually be the tagline of the movie because that's that's pretty accurate.
0: Devin final thoughts. Well, I would have to say that
2: this movie does need to be seen, but in the way that you need to visit, like, the Holocaust Museum or, like, you need to visit the Civil Rights Museum.
0: Don't, don't say that. No, no,
2: just listen to me. D- no, you... I am. I'm going to say it. And here's why. But So you can see the way that those museums show the lowest that humanity, humanity can go. This movie is the lowest that film can go. I have watched a movie called Dr. Vam Dent, Vampire Dent. <laughs> and that movie is better than this. Dr. Vam Dent is leagues above this film. This film is the lowest of the low. This is the Nicki Minaj, if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. If you can't watch Manos and and somehow get some type of enjoyment out of it, because that's the weird thing. You will laugh in this movie. You will feel happiness watching it. At certain points in your befuddlement, you can't appreciate film. I can't tell you how many movies I like now that I didn't like until I saw Manos. I think I like Venom now because of Manos. I think I want to watch all the purge movies. (laughs) I think I think that I want to watch all the purge movies because of Manos. Manos is the all-spice of movies. If I you know what from here on out, if I have low expectations for a movie. I'm going to go watch Manos and then I'm going to watch the movie. And I guarantee you that's the bright side. Manos <laughs> makes every movie a silver lining. So thank you, Manos. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I had never seen Manos by itself until, until I chose to do this movie off of the suggestion of Matt. I had seen it before when Mystery Science 3000 did an episode on it, but you know, that kind of does take away from it. You know what I mean? You don't get the full effect when you have, you know, the, the puppets and everything and they're making fun of the movie and everything like that. You don't you don't get the full effect of a manos until you watch it in its pure unadulterated um, form. It's it really is the final boss, like the final form of a boss in an RPG of bad movies. Um, I do agree with Devin that it it does give you this weird euphoric happiness. It's kind of like that supposed calm that comes over you when you're dying type of situation. Um, It's, it's your body's producing endorphins because it, it thinks you're in danger and it's trying to protect yourself. Like it's trying to protect you from experiencing the pain that you are legitimately feeling. Um, But it's, this is one of those movies that if you're going to watch it, you need to watch it with friends. You need to watch it with a group of people because Just the reactions that everybody will have. I I really do think that this would be like an amazing party movie, you know, get like three or four of your friends sit down and watch some Manos and just everybody will just yell at the screen at some point. And it's a fun game, like have a drinking game, like everybody like choose a word that you think somebody else will say. (laughs) And if they say it at some point in that movie, then, you know, y'all take a shot or something, you know, just making an event because this movie can be an event. You can have fun with this movie, not because of anything's enjoyable. It's just because you are watching a, a plane crash. It's not a train crash or anything like that. You're watching a plane crash. You're watching the Challenger explode on film. Is what you're watching, um but in a better way because it's fun. You're not scarred from watching this movie. You're you're uplifted from watching this movie because after I watched it, I mean, Circus of the Dead should have won an Academy Award. When you compare it to this movie, I mean, Venom's my all-time favorite comic book movie, not to steal from Devin, but I mean, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, no, nah, Venom's the greatest shit ever. <laughs> like, I'm sitting, I watch Manos and I'm just like, Captain America who? It's all about Venom now. <laughs> I don't I don't even want to see Avengers Endgame in a couple of weeks. I want to see Venom 2 already. That's what I want now. Because. I, I didn't
2: go that far. <laughs> it just,
0: nothing, nothing, nothing is worse than this. Just it's, it's, it's got a 1.9 on IMDb. So you don't even have those shitty ass hipsters that want to give it a good score. Cause they're like, it's so bad. <laughs> no, it's still got a 1.9. It's still, it's, it's, it, it's one of the few things that has united the internet and they can all agree it's shitty. It's one of the few things that can unite everybody in it's tragicness. <laughs> um, but, but other than that, guys, we do thank you for listening. Uh, Check us out on Facebook, Twitter at the cinema underscore Slayers on Instagram at the cinema underscore uh, Slayers. Check us out on the Internet at the www.cinemaslayers.com. We also have merch there. I might we might do something where the Cinema Slayers logo has some red hands on it. Now, I kind of feel like we need to get somebody (laughs) to get us. a. don't want to say a man of steam because then we have to pay somebody royalties. I'm just going to say if somebody wants to submit a design that is the cinema slayers logo, or at least you know the CS for the cinema slayers, and there's maybe might be a red hand or two tied in with it. I wouldn't be opposed to that. And we'll definitely make some merch out of that too. Um, let us know what you guys think. If you have seen Manos, let us know what you think. If you were inspired to see Manos after listening to this and you go watch it, let us know what you think. Let me know if I fixed it. Let me know if you at least think, my ideas are better than this shitty movie and if they're not I'm gonna cry if you don't at least think some of my ideas were better than this shitstorm of a fucking movie and remember guys according to Jastin Moon Knight is a best picture winner